Have you ever experienced something so crippling in your life that has made you feel broken? I have. Are you someone who has a giving heart but is struggling to feel good themselves? Are you consistently putting your needs aside to take care of everyone else? If so, you're not alone. Giving starts with giving to yourself so that you are able to give of yourself to other people. Isn't it time you took back control and discovered what makes you tick? Join me in my journey and find out how you can feel better about yourself, live your best life, and share that with others. Thinking of yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you brave. I'm Nelia, and this is the Giving Starts With You podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Giving Starts With You podcast. I'm your host, Nelia Hutt, and I am so excited that you've come back again this week. Wow, I have just met this fantastic, phenomenal Canadian gentleman. His name is Bill McPhee. He's out in uh, the Niagara Falls area, which is not too far from me, so I'm excited. I've been getting a lot of great Americans on here, and I love having a Canadian on as well. So thank you, uh, Bill, for joining me today. No problem, Melia. (laughs) So Bill is a mental health advocate who spent 23 years running a mental health magazine. Bill is currently in business as a mental health advocate. He is doing amazing things. I'm so, so excited for him. Um, He seems to be helping so many people and, you know, we need more um, people like Bill, I think, to, to to spread the message. So I'm so happy to have you here. Thanks, Natalie. Good to be here. <laughs> so probably you don't you don't know a lot about schizophrenia. Is that correct? Correct. <laughs> I know a little bit, but not enough to be educated in it. Yeah. Yes. So you know what, and and that's very common. A lot of people don't know a lot about schizophrenia, and uh, I can remember a slogan that uh, one time the Schizophrenia Society of Canada Canada had. They said, uh, it, they said like, uh, it said. Do you, do you have trouble spelling schizophrenia? Well, imagine living with it. <laughs> that was the campaign. But so basically, uh, I'll start my story. Uh, in 1987, um, I was diagnosed with schizophrenia, and uh, I was hospitalized six different times. I lived in three different group homes. I had a suicide attempt, and I spent five years on the couch dealing with a deep, deep, dark depression. And uh, those days, I thought uh, that that was uh, very, uh, my life was over. And basically, schizophrenia has basically what they say, three legs to it. That means that there's a genetic component in it. There's a biochemical or a chemistry uh, in in your brain component to it. And there's a stress component to it. So usually when you have those combinations, uh, that's what happens. You come down with schizophrenia. And in my family, mental illness runs in my family. And it's it's no different. Sometimes mental illness runs in families. Sometimes diabetes runs in families. Uh, sometimes kidney disease runs in families. Heart disease runs in families. Cancer runs in families. All these things. So unfortunately, uh, mental illness ran in my family. My mom was bipolar. But back then, uh, they called it manic depression, and my mom was in in and out of hospital, oh, just like a revolving door. 
and uh, that was kind of my childhood wa watching that. Um, so schizophrenia also has what you know, what is known as positive symptoms and negative symptoms. And it's known as this way as well. So positive symptoms uh, sounds good, right? It sounds, oh, well, that's positive. That's good, right? But all that means is that there's symptoms that are added to your personality that shouldn't be there. For example, if you're paranoid, uh, if you're delusional, if you're hearing voices, um, if you're out of reality, these things are known as positive symptoms because they're added to our personality and they shouldn't be there. As well with schizophrenia, you could have what's known as negative or deficit symptoms. And these symptoms are basically uh, a lack of things. So you have a lack of joy, you have a lack of blunted, a blunted effect, you have um, depression could set in, uh, you know, you, you have all these negative things or deficit symptoms. And uh, to tell you the truth, in my case, uh, the deficit symptoms were, were a, a more of a problem than the positive symptoms. And uh, during my positive symptoms, uh, medication cleared them up. My positive symptoms cleared up pretty well. Um, getting into, uh, you know, being like that in, in, in 87, uh, so um, I was all this things going on. What happened is I started to take medication, and I did a, a, a different kinds of medication and everything like that. And in my psychosis or being out of reality, um, I was very, very, very sick, very, very sick. You know, being on the psychiatric ward and things, and I would, I would even when I was out of the hospital, I can remember going to a friend's house and he'd say, well, what kind of music do you like, Bill? And I'd say, well, I like Olivia Newton-John and Neil Diamond. And so he, really, so then he'd go to his record ca cabinet and he'd pull out a, a, an Olivia Newton-John set. And I'm thinking, how can that be? I just mentioned this music and he pulls it out. So we're paranoid. And then I go down, get in my car and I turn on the radio and there's an Olivia Newton-John set playing or something like that. And these things mm -hmm. are coincidences. If I can call them coincidences, I really don't believe in coincidences, but there's no better word. I don't know a different word to use, but I don't believe in coincidences. But when we're sick, all these kind of coincidences happen. But I wanna, I wanted to share. So before I'm on the ward, I just wanted to give you a little bit, a, a little bit why mental illness is different than physical illness. So. If I fell down and my bone came and broke the skin of my, my arm, it, there'd be blood around and everything like that. And my brain would say, Bill, go to the hospital and get a cast on that. Go get that fixed. But, and I would, but with psychiatric illnesses, especially like schizophrenia, bipolar, but with schizophrenia, um, you, uh, it, it, your brain is broken. Your brain does not know that it is sick. And if your brain doesn't know that it's sick, it's not going to go and get help because it doesn't know it's sick. And we can call that a lot that you don't have a lot of insight. You know, so-and-so will say, well, you know what, so-and-so doesn't have a lot of insight and everything like that. And that's true. They don't. And there's actually, that's part of the illness 
is not having insight. I'm fortunate in it because I was hit late and had social skills, different things like that. But my 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 uh, my illness hit late. Now, in saying that, um, so that's why mental illness is different than physical illness, and we should never really in my opinion we should never compare the same and say that because what it's doing the the real real frustration of people with schizophrenia is that there's logic when we're when we're in reality there's logic but when somebody with schizophrenia is in psychosis or out of reality or out of logic logic and illogic don't mix and it's very very frustrating for parents and it's very frustrating for people why they're always in conflict and the conflict comes because one person is in, is in logic and the other one is illogical. So that's basically how psychosis works. So here I am going in, in the psych ward and going back and they're giving me different medications and everything like that. And then all of a sudden, things became to clear up for me. I wasn't paranoid anymore. Uh, the TV wasn't talking to me. I wasn't getting cold from the radio and all this. And what happened is literally, I was crossing the line between reality and ill reality. And, and I, I came to my reality. I, I came to reality mm -hmm. knowing that I had this illness and and uh, you know, I'm just another one out of a hundred people have this illness, and I'm back in reality. And you would think, you would think, uh, Nelia, that I would be jumping up and down, saying, "Great, great, Bill, you're back in reality." But here's what my reality consisted of: it. I realized I had lost my house, I had lost my job, I had lost my friends, I had lost my financial security. And I was just another one out of a hundred people with this uh, illness known as schizophrenia. So yes, I'm real in reality, but reality sucked, if you want to say that, you know. And uh, so that's where that's where all that, and then that's where I had to start digging. Uh, uh, you know, that's where my depression after that on the couch for five years and dealing with the depression in the group homes and, and things like that. And uh, so it, I, it took me a long time to pick my pieces uh, of my life together. And basically, basically how I picked my, uh, I had a suicide attempt, uh, you know, which I did. And what was really neat is uh, I'll get into my my turning point. Uh, I'll get into my turning point uh, because for five years I was just pacing around the house and on the couch and off the couch. You know, it was just it was just terrible. And so what happened for my turning point is that when we're dealing with a depression or we're dealing with tragedy, we think, oh, how could I be in this spot? How could I get into this spot? Oh. You know, I, I just want, if you don't mind, I'm just going to back up a little bit. I had a genetic problem, but also I had a stressor. At the time, I got a girl pregnant, and I didn't, uh, I didn't acknowledge that. I didn't tell anybody that. I was kind of ashamed of that. And, and so that was my stressor. I didn't tell anything and, and, and all really stuff there that happened. 
So that was my stressor. But but going back to um, you know, on the couch for five years in the suicide attempt, I uh, all these things go through your head. You know, oh, if my dad had a better job or my mom had a better education or if I would have did this in school or if I would have took this course, if I would have studied there. You know, this is always going through our mind. And I remember a grade seven teacher saying to me one time, she said, Bill, if you don't learn how to write properly in life, you'll never amount to anything. And what she meant was my penmanship. I had very poor penmanship. So what I did is I said, I'm going to prove to somebody that I can do something. And, and um, so I contacted the Fort Erie Literacy Foundation and I said, listen, I know how to read and I know how to write, but I want to improve my penmanship. Can you send one, somebody over? So a couple weeks later, I get a call from Martha. And Martha, she uh, basically is a, is a volunteer for... Uh, the Literacy Foundation, and she's the executive director of the Big Brothers and Big Sisters, and she's also going to college for social work. And so Martha comes over, and I'm thinking, oh my God, this is the night Martha comes over. That means I got to, you know, I got to wash my hair and shave and brush my teeth, all these things that are difficult to do with negative symptoms. So, anyways, Martha comes over, and we're doing these penmanship exercises, and 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 that's fine, and. Uh, then the next thing I know is that uh, Martha is saying, you know, Bill, um, I know you're not doing much, which was an understatement, but she says, you know, I go to the college once a week for a course. She says, well, why don't you sign up for a course and I'll drive you because, you know, my license was suspended at the time. And, and I'm thinking, oh my God, go take a course. That means I got to wash my hair and I got to brush my teeth and I got to shave, you know, all these things that are difficult to do with negative symptoms. And I said, oh, okay, Martha, I'll come to school, <laughs> you know? And so, so I signed up for a course and it didn't, I signed up for a photography course and I didn't enjoy it. I didn't, you know, I didn't have that joy, but I, I did that, I went to it. It was about, it was about discipline and habit. I went to it. Then the next thing I know is Martha's on the phone and Martha goes, hey, Bill, I'm the seventh Fort Erie chairperson of the Scouts, Beavers, and Cubs, and we need a treasurer. How would you like to be our treasurer? And I thought, oh my God, there's another night I gotta wash my hair and brush my teeth and shave, you know? So anyways, I went to that meeting, and that meeting was a turning point for me because I met Martha's husband, I met her children, I met Peter, who eventually I, put, I was playing squash and racquetball with, and I started helping out with Apple Day and Cub Cars and Camp Boats. And what it did is it gave me a whole new circle of friends who accepted me for who I was and not what I had. And, uh, and, and that was my turning point. That's amazing. I love that. Thank goodness for Martha. Like even yeah. just the fact that she was trying to just, it didn't matter what course it was. She wanted you to get it, have a reason, something to yeah. look forward to. You know, we all need that Martha, right? We all need yeah, that person absolutely. to, that's amazing. 
Yeah, that feeling of belonging in the scouts too. My son was, a, and this the leaders, and they're so so involved, and they volunteer, and it does. It gives you a whole new community, right? Yeah. And when you had lost yeah. your friends, and of course you were depressed. It's like when I need you the most, you don't understand enough about what's going on with me that you've left me now, you know, and. We can't blame them sometimes because things, it's hard to be a friend to people who are depressed, who have these, you know, who it it is hard. That's one of the things I always say, of course, like I've lost friends too, but it's like the more we can educate people, like you're educating me and my Mm -hmm. listeners, the more we can educate people, the less they'll run away and maybe they'll know how to deal with things and they'll, they'll know, you know, what to do and how to help and not to leave, you know, because that just yeah. combines everything. And and you know what, uh, uh, no, yeah, is that um, a big difference? Is I just recently had to get my meds regulated, so um, so a little bit uh, before August, uh, I, I went into the hospital just to get my meds a little. After 30 years, after being uh, on meds, the same med for 30 years, um, I, I needed to have an adjustment. And uh, the big difference that I saw from 30 years ago till, till now was amazing. And that is um, 30 years ago when I would have came out of the hospital, people would avoid me or not know how to act around me or you know, be scared of somebody with schizophrenia, right? But in the community that I live in or with my neighbors and everything like that, when I got back, um, they were all so glad to hear me and or to see me. And, uh, you know, like 30 years ago, who would want somebody with schizophrenia living next door to you, right? But all my neighbors, they all came out and everything like that. And they, they supported me. And uh, the, the one one of my delusions was that I was moving. And and uh, my, my, my next door neighbor, uh, Diane and Brian said, oh, well, we're so glad you're moving, you know, and, and everything like that. And, you know, or like, we're so glad you're not moving, you know, we're, we're glad, you're, glad you're not moving, you're, you're welcome here. And it, it was just, it was a total different uh, attitude. So I think the awareness of mental illness has definitely, uh, has definitely risen in, in the last 10 years, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And and I know sometimes you can be on medication for so many years and it just doesn't really work as well anymore. So I'm glad that you, you know, and I'm glad that you're now, you know, you've come all this way and you're aware of all these different things. You know how, what is normal for you. And when things aren't quite right, you know how to reach out. Some people aren't reaching out, right? So that is so important too. I just have, if you if we can go back to when you were diagnosed, did you feel like, pardon my ignorance, but I just, I'm curious, did you feel terrified or relieved when you got your diagnosis? The reason I ask this is because sometimes we know there's something wrong. We, We know that something's not right. And we want to know, but we don't want to know at the same time. Like when I was diagnosed with anxiety, I was angry. I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't, I'm not worried about this. I'm not anxious about this. I'm, I'm cool, chill, you know, but people around me are like, you're not like, <laughs> you know, but I didn't realize it. So I was, I guess, resistant to it. And it wasn't until I 
I surrender to, okay, this doesn't mean I'm broken. And now I know what's wrong with me that I kind of celebrated it because now I can do something. So I'm just curious as to how you felt when you, when you received that. Yeah, well, let me go. Let me go back a little bit, just to explain a couple of things. So, with schizophrenia, a lot of times you have either slow onset or what they call acute onset. And what that means is that, you know, somebody, a teenager, could be in in the basement in in the room and they're on their computer, or they may be smoking drugs or 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 these things. It's and and parents won't know that their, their child is suffering from. A mental illness right they might think it's a fad they're going through or just a stage in life or something like that and so therefore that goes on for a very long time sometimes for years that people are undiagnosed then you have it like in my case where i was acutely in, in full-blown psychosis and and acting differently and being very very uh out of normal in in a period of six months very weird things and very psychotic things were happening to me. And actually the way I actually got diagnosed is uh, basically I was out naked uh, on the street uh, in front of cars on the highway and basically under a street light naked and uh, asking Scotty to beam me up, you know, and, uh, and uh, Scotty, uh, Scotty didn't beam me up, but he did call the police and, uh, and the police came and, they uh, basically take me to the hospital and to get warmed up. But this was in the in, in the coldest night in in January, uh, and you know how cold it gets in Canada, right? <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah. But when oh, you're yeah. in when you're standing there naked, do you know that that you're standing there naked, or do you? Yeah. Not, yeah. You yeah. Do? Yeah. Okay. No, I, I was I I yeah just uh because I thought I had a purpose or special mission or something like that, which was part of my delusion, which was illogical. And then, so once I got admitted into the uh, the hospital, I got it in. I got admitted into the hospital, and uh, learning all these things. And I was in the uh, dining area or something like that. And the dining area had a bulletin board, and it had some pamphlets on on schizophrenia, right? And uh, so here I'm. I'm reading this pamphlet on schizophrenia and it has all the symptoms. I'm saying, oh, I do that. I think this way. I do that. Yeah, that's me there. And so kind of like I diagnosed myself and, and my doctor. It's funny because Dr. Mitchell, I went to him. I said, Dr. Mitchell, I said, I think I know what I have. And he kind of he kind of chuckled, right? He kind of chuckled because he knew what I had too, right? And he said, oh, yes, Bill. He says, absolutely. He says, you do have uh, uh, an illness on a schizophrenia. And, uh, you know, and then it was very nice. To, you know, I was very nice. of the, 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 I, I just want to plug, if you don't mind, uh, Nelia. This of is uh, a book I wrote in 2014. It's called The Cry of Dry Tear, Bill McPhee's Journey of Hope and Recovery with Schizophrenia. And the thing is, is that What's unique about that book is it has all of my uh, nursing notes and doctor's notes, and and a lot and and this the the story that was really neat is that um, um, doc, you know doctors don't necessarily re release records or anything like that, right? But I asked Doctor Mitchell. I said, I said, Doctor, I said, uh, do you mind? I'd like to write a book. Could you could you uh, could you uh, give me all your notes and everything like that? And 
and uh, you know, and a lot of them wanted, but he said, he said, sure, he said, sure, I can do that. And so, what's unique about my book is that it has all of my doctor's notes and all of my nursing notes, which is very, 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 very accurate. Now, the the funny thing about that that I was told when I went to pick up my records, Doctor Mitchell's secretary came to me, and she said, Bill, she says you're very lucky to get doctors. Mitchell's notes. I said, well, why is that? It says, because Dr. Mitchell is the only doctor here in this hospital who has his secretary type out all the notes and, and, you know, and everything. So everything was typed out. It was kind of, you know, you know, and he was the only doctor that had that. (laughs) I love it. I work in the medical field too. And I work for some specialists and although their handwriting is quite good, the previous my previous uh, employers were not, so I can appreciate that for sure. They used to joke that in medical school, they used to have to take a course on how to transcribe and dictate on purpose so people couldn't duplicate uh, it, right? So oh, yeah. that's awesome. I, I, yeah. I'd love to get a copy of that book. When people didn't understand you and understand what was happening and your friends and when they were still in, in the circle before they kind of had left, were you frustrated with them or did you were did you understand why yeah. i'm just curious no, no i under i i think i was okay with it because i i could understand i mean um because i was very depressed and, and really the reality is we don't like to be around depressed people we think that we're going to set them off or or something like that right and um i probably applied that people weren't around me because I didn't want to be around them kind of thing. You know, I wasn't ready for that. You, you have to be ready. You have to be ready to socialize. You have to be ready to, to do that. And you know, basically, um, um, uh, Nelia is that, um, I, on my website, uh, billmcphee.ca, I have what's called the secret of recovery. And, Really, the secret of recovery, and you go there, you'll find this out throughout that, is is many things. But it's also very important to realize that you're not alone. Uh, There are people, and I think we isolate ourselves alone ourselves. You know, it just seems the natural thing to do. But what's very important is, you know, when we're younger, people would say, Oh, get a life, you know, oh, go get a life, get a life. And that's what people with mental illness need. We need to get a life or we need to make a life for ourselves. And that is so very, very hard to do, especially we're coming back from a serious illness where we're illogical and we need to create a life for ourselves. and, that, and that's basically it. And, and that's the problem. That's the problem for a lot of people. We, we find out we're always thinking, you know, in our mind, we don't want to be this, but we're thinking, right? All, all the things that are going on and we want to have a life. And so what that is, so there's the problem. Now we have to come up with the solution. How do I create a life for myself? And, and, that's, and that's, that's the puzzle right there. Yeah, uh, but at least then there's movement. When you can think, when you can think of that, like 
the internal struggle that somebody with mental illness has, whether it's um, what you're explaining uh, with schizophrenia and some other some other things, is that we sometimes expect everybody around us to know everything about what to do. We have to take some of that responsibility on ourselves too. Like you're right, I think we do isolate ourselves. Um, because we don't have the tools, but even when we have the tools, our mood doesn't allow us to, to, to think clearly and to do the things that we need to do. So I think it is, it is part of our responsibility to a certain point. But I think that if people are listening out there and they see someone that is perhaps suffering with something and they don't understand it, get educated about it. Be that Martha, you know, be that person um, that takes a step forward and, and instead of runs away, you know, jump in and, and see what you can do and what you can help. Because the person that's suffering doesn't always, isn't always thinking clearly enough or not able to think clearly enough to take the first step, you know. So we all need that person like you described, you know, to, to help us, right? Mm-hmm. So, yes, I'm I'm going to definitely get your free ebook. I think it's okay. going to really be helpful. And anybody listening can get it, correct? It's on your, yeah, it's on yeah. your... Uh, website yes. yeah just go to uh, bill mcfee uh, bill mcfee.ca and mcfee is m-a-c and you'll see the secret of uh, recovery and you can download that for free and that's very very good book a very good ebook that i wrote and it's it's really that's good great. you'll learn you'll learn about our other things uh, uh our uh, zoom meetings which are are for people with mental illness and their parents uh I love that you're helping people and their parents because that is so important. I'm a parent of a 14-year-old boy and um, without our guidance, they, they're they not really sure what direction to go to either, right? So you're passionate about helping youth um, as well. So I think that that's fantastic. Your Facebook group and the people, some of the interviews that I saw are for youth, right? People come on and they... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like I I have on my uh, podcast that I do live every Sunday night. Um, I have uh, uh, all those on uh, on my channel, helping parents with mentally ill children, and then I have over four hundred uh, teaching videos on my YouTube channel. At uh, uh, just type Bill McPhee into YouTube, and you'll that's come up fan- to fantastic videos, teaching videos. Um, the reason I'm passionate about helping parents is because I see the frustration that parents go through. And even like, for example, when my mom was in and out of the hospital, that the, the access of things that my dad had available. I mean, you know, there is no information there. Doctors want to talk to him. And, and, and one of the real reasons that I, I feel for parents is because the medical community won't communicate to the parents. And uh, I try to advocate and say, there's nothing wrong with you as a doctor or a psychiatrist going out and uh, hearing from the parents. Just let that one-way conversation go. The doctor doesn't have to tell them anything, but parents are so relieved to be able to explain from their side what's going on. And because of the confidentiality uh, reasons, there's nothing wrong with the doctor hearing input. They don't have to give any output, but hearing input just creates so much, uh, you know, so much hope. And oh, great! The doctor heard us. He understands us. He knows really knows what he's what's going on at home and everything like that, right? And that's all they want. That's all they want. That's all they want. 
Yeah, because they probably don't, sometimes they might be embarrassed or ashamed or they don't want to drive their friends away and they just want to be heard. So it's so healthy to be able to do that, to talk to somebody as parents, because you feel, you feel kind of in your own little community. You need to, you know, but how are you doing today? Like, how's Bill these days? I'm good. Um, I'm, uh, I'm very well. Um, I have, I have three children. And uh, one of them is in Halifax. He's uh, an operations manager for uh, a company called Concentrix. It's a call center. And then my uh, second oldest son, Dwight, he's 18. And uh, he's doing good. He spent the summer working, putting up pools all over the place. So he put up about 40 pools this year. And uh, then my daughter, she's just going to turn 16. Uh, Hannah, she's going to turn 16 at November, uh, November 5th. And uh, she's doing uh, school or uh, high school online. She's on grade 11. And she's also working at uh, Canadian Tire. It's awesome. And, yeah. And I'm in the process of trying to get my, uh, my hosted discussion groups going. And just for a plug, guys, and we're trying to, you know, go to the page, even call me if you want. Um, uh, call me and uh, we'll set up a time and, and it's all we're trying to get that organized on the website uh, but uh, we're almost there we're not 100% there but you know what um, very important if you go to my website billmcphee.ca you can sign up for the newsletter uh, the secret to recovery and then we'll be able to send you more information uh, on different things we have and when it gets closer and everything like that that's wonderful <laughs> Thank you so much for for sharing your journey with us. I love when people can turn what has happened to them or is a part of them and turn that around and help other people and educate people and be an advocate. So I respect yeah. that very much and I appreciate you. Yeah. You know, it's hard. It's hard to turn traumatic things and it's hard to turn... Um, things that have happened to you into a positive sometimes and yeah. you sound like you really have done that and you've helped so many people and you know uh, uh Nelly is that uh, um, who was involved my church was very much involved my church has accepted me and uh, helped me a lot and everything like that and uh, my faith in Christ has uh, has given me a lot of hope as well that's fantastic yeah. what an honor to have met you I definitely um think that people should be watching your YouTube videos, especially with kids doing virtual at home. Uh, my 14 year old, um, he's chosen to do virtual education and it's very isolating mm -hmm. and especially mm -hmm. with COVID and everything. So, yeah. and I know your group, um, it, it's mental illness. It's not just schizophrenia. So I think it would, you know, it would, um, really help the youth today in, in everything that's happening in the world too to watch and they're all about you know being on their ipads and on there so they like watching youtube videos right might as well give them yeah, some education sure. <laughs> and yeah, i like i like watching youtube videos <laughs> <laughs> me too and and yeah it's just it's just fantastic so thank you and yeah i'm i'm proud of you i'm proud that you know all the stuff you're doing like I know I've just met you, but honestly, like it's people that come on and they tell me their stories, it really, um, it gives me a true insight into, you know, your life and into how things, how things work in your mind mm -hmm. and how, and how better we can 
not necessarily deal with that, but how we can embrace that and how we can accept people with different needs and different challenges, you know? And I think it's Mm -hmm. so important. It's so important that we all don't judge and that we ask because, you know, a lot of people are, are under the impression that schizophrenia is just about being different personalities and doing this and doing that. And they become afraid. And I'm hoping that this episode will really help people and educate people like you've educated me today. So, yeah. So thank you so much. And it was an honor to meet you. And and just uh, if I'll just leave the last sentence, you mentioned it too, is that, uh, you know, we should never judge because uh, we've only walked in our own shoes, right? We've never walked in anybody else's shoes. We can only walk in our own shoes. So again, we shouldn't judge people at all. No, never. That's correct. Thank you, Bill. It's a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks, Nelia. Thanks. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.